Welcome to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, here on WCF Radio Los Angeles. We're so thankful that you tuned in, or if you tuned in on the app or on any of our streaming platforms, we want to welcome Remnant Warriors from around the world. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects to discuss, and that's because people get empowered and strengthened in their faith when they know their identity in Jesus Christ. For many, many years in the ministry, I've seen many people really rise into who they're called to be because they finally understand their identity. They understand who they are. They understand who God is. And it lets us get rid of that approval of man syndrome where we're so worried about what everybody else thinks. We don't have to take a public opinion poll about our life. So I think this is going to help you out today, even if you've heard these types of messages before, because this is a new broadcast and there'll be new things that we discuss. So hold on. Let's talk about our identity in Jesus Christ. All right, everybody, I want to welcome you to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant here on WCF Radio Los Angeles, streaming all around the world on the app and on our platforms. And we are so excited because there's so many things in the works that God is up to. He's not done moving. Don't get caught up in the negative uh, narrative of the world because it's pretty darn negative, isn't it? But the thing is, as long as we're here, as long as the Lord tarries or you know something doesn't take us out of here, uh, we are going to do the work of the kingdom. We're going to do it boldly, and we are going to find today our identity in Christ. Maybe you've never heard a message like this. Maybe you've heard me preach this many different times, but this is a special half-hour show today where we're going to explore the significance of our identity, which is firmly rooted. I'm going to say it again, firmly rooted in Jesus Christ. And my name is Pastor Todd Coconato. I'm the host of the broadcast, and we're going to embark on this journey to discover the profound impact of knowing who we are in Jesus. And knowing, listen to this, knowing that we, we can have good self-esteem. We can have a good self-worth. We can, we can actually be, um, you know, proud of who we are, not in a, in a boastful way, but in other words, confident, confidence. How many of you have strived to have confidence in your like, life? I've strived to have confidence and, you know, the Lord's given me confidence. I am assured in who I am at this age of 46 years old. I'll tell you, it's taken a long time to get here. Our identity shapes how we perceive ourselves, influencing literally every aspect of our lives. But as Christians, why is it so crucial? Why is it so critical to find our identity in Christ? Well, to answer this, I'm gonna read a couple of scriptures to start off. Galatians, if you got your Bible or you're taking notes, Galatians 2.20. Listen to this. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. Have you thought about how substantial that scripture is? I'm gonna gonna read it again. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. What about Colossians 3.3? Colossians 3.3, it says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died, the old you is dead. That person is no longer there. If you're going back to that person, you haven't walked through the full healing and deliverance that you need to because that old person is gone. You can't even go back. You know, if you were like a partier, if you're on drugs or, you know, drinking alcohol every night, living a promiscuous lifestyle, caught up in the world, depressed, you know, all the, all the different things that the world tries to do, you know, the, the spirits of the, the lying spirits of the devil that try to come on us and deceive us and lie to us and tell us that we're worthless or we're ugly or, or, you know, we're stupid, or we're too short, or we're too tall, or we're too this, or we're too that. Those are lying spirits. 
And when you hear that, if you have a bad self-image, I want to tell you this right now. If you have a bad self-image, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because what you're saying are two things. Number one, you don't trust the God of heaven and earth, the author and finisher of your story, the one who made you fearfully and wonderfully. He made you. He created you. Did he make a mistake? No, he did not. He made you. He took his time to make you fearfully, wonderfully. This is why the lie of this whole transgender nonsense and all this stuff that they're pushing right there, that God made, somehow made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The way you were born is the way you were meant to be born because God has a good plan for you. And, and you're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too fat. You're not too skinny. Now, does that mean that we don't strive to con, you know, uh, control being gluttonous? We don't want to be a glutton because that's sin. You know, we don't want to hurt the temple because the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's a good thing to be healthy. It's a good thing to be mindful of what we eat. These are all positive things. You know, my wife has lost a lot of weight recently, and I just commend her. I'm so excited to see how she's doing because she's just sticking to it. She just decided she wants to eat healthy. She wants to be in better shape after she, you know, she had my daughter a few years ago. And I'm just so proud of her, and people are complimenting her everywhere we go. And I know it's, it's also helping boosting her confidence, but I'll tell you, it's all, you know, she's, she's the one who's done this. And uh, you know what? I'm doing it too. I'm now hitting the gym. I was having some issues with my heart a couple of years ago, and I, the doctor said, look, if you don't exercise, you know, you're going to have some problems. I mean, you know, you have, you have high blood pressure. Uh, you know, the, the cure for that is exercise, is eating healthy. So I think those things are good. I, I talk about mind, body, spirit. In fact, we have Dr. Mark Sherwood on my broadcast often because he addresses these issues in the Christian world. I think it's good to exercise. I think it's good to eat good. I think it's good to take care of the temple. We've got to do that. Now, it's hard because when the lying spirits are on us and they get us depressed because they're, they're trying to make us down, depressed, confused, have anxiety, fear, doubt, all those anti-fruits that we know are not from the Lord, and when those lying spirits are, are trying to deceive us and, and to control us or manipulate us like a handler, basically, and I'll get into that a little bit more in a few minutes, but that's what they, they're not, I don't believe that they're, if you're, if you're saved, set free, healed, and delivered by the blood of the lamb, if you've given your life to Jesus and you, you live the spirit form life, I don't necessarily believe that you have demons in you. I know some people are talking about that. Look, to each his own. I mean, if, if somebody can get a demon out of you, then maybe you weren't saved or maybe, maybe, I don't know. I mean, look, I can't, some things we'll understand better by and by, okay? But my personal opinion is light and darkness can't occupy the same space. I know that's now become somewhat of a controversial view because there are people saying that Christians can be possessed. I think you can be oppressed. I'm not necessarily saying you can be possessed though. And I, I have, I'm not there and I'm, I'm very open and honest with my friends that think Christians can be possessed. They, and look, I say this, I say, if you can get a demon out of somebody who's confessing to be a Christian, then that's a good thing. I mean, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing to get a demon out. But I think we just, we can't be so focused on that. As a Christian, we, we're looking at what's lying to us, what's oppressing us. What is, what is coming against us to try to get us to be focused on whatever that thing is rather than our calling, rather than doing what God would have us to do. Now, I do believe Christians are oppressed demonically. I've, I've been oppressed. I think that there's lying spirits that try to deceive us, that try to get us to be sad and, and overwhelmed and have anxiety and fear and all the things that the Lord says are not from him. 
I do believe the devil does that. In fact, I believe the devil torments Christians quite often. I see it all the time. I also believe he deceives and all the different things that the devil does do and the demons do do. Now, remember, the devil's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He can't read your mind, but he can look at what you long gaze at, and so can the demons. And so I do believe there's a lot of Christians that are walking around that are oppressed. And I believe there's a lot of Christians that are buying in the lying spirits and a lot of Christians that are being deceived. In fact, the scripture says even the elect will be deceived. That's why I think it's so important that we talk about our identity. We got to do it from a scriptural standpoint. And so if you look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? They're a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This would be the scripture, one of them, and I could, I could do a whole broadcast on this at some point if you guys want me to, but I try not to get into doctrinal arguments because there are certain variances in beliefs that even within my closest friends that we have, some of my friends don't believe women can be ministers. Some of my friends argue about when Jesus is coming back. Some people believe, you know, that Christians can be demon-possessed. The bottom line is if anybody's demon-possessed, they need to get delivered. Can we agree on that? I think we can. But in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. A new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. So we embrace our identity as God's beloved. Our identity in Christ begins with the knowledge that we are unconditionally loved by God. This understanding allows us to walk in confidence and security. I've talked about this recently. As much as it's very important for us to do the work of the kingdom, because you're known by your fruit and faith without works is dead. We can't earn our way to heaven, friends. But we do have to do what the Lord says to do, which is to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, confess with our mouth, believe in our heart. And I believe we need to repent of sin according to the scripture. It means we need to turn, turn from our old life. That's why we're a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. That's your identity. You're a new creation. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. How about this one? First John 3, 1. First John 3, 1. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we believe uh, that we're children of God. We should be called children of God. And this is who we are. This is what we are. What about Romans eight twenty eight? Romans eight twenty eight. It says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's the love that's in Christ Jesus. So finding our purpose in Christ, our identity in Christ provides us with purpose. It provides us with direction. You see a lot of people walking around with no purpose, with no direction. Well, let's explore how knowing who we are in him leads us to a life of significance. I often talk about history makers, movers and shakers. That's who you're called to be, by the way. But as long as the devil can keep you distracted, down, discouraged, oppressed, depressed, all those things that we just talked about a few moments ago, it's going to distract you. And there are so many distractions in in this hour that we're in. I mean, just look at the media. Look at the television. Look at the shows. Look at all the video games. I know people, their whole life is like playing a video game. That's become their whole life. That's what they do. Is that really what God wants us to be about, you know, doing is, is video games all day or should we about be about the business of the king? Well, of course we should. He wants us to go and make disciples. He wants us to, to be the salt and the light. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. What about in Ephesians 2.10? It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So all those people say, 
Well, we're not supposed to do any works. Wait a minute. What about Ephesians 2.10? I understand you can't earn your way to heaven, but you do have to accept Jesus. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, right? But check out Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we're God's handiwork. That means he didn't make a mistake. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Does that mean you have a, you have a purpose? You have a call? Absolutely. Absolutely. You do. People say, well, pastor, you're a minister. You have a calling. I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do. Wait a minute. God prepared in advance works for you to do. That's what the scripture says. Do you believe in the scripture? Of course. We have to. It's, it's ultimate truth. I mean, if we don't believe in the scripture, we're denying God because it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh. Jesus is the word. He's the living word. What about 1 Peter 2.9? 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. What? A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Oh, yeah. God's special possession. That's you, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're chosen. You are chosen. You're royalty. I'm not talking about man-made royalty. I'm talking about heavenly royalty. That's why we're in it, but we're not of it. Look, the world can say all kinds of stuff. Know who you are. You're royalty in Jesus Christ. You're a holy nation. You're the body. You're the ecclesia. He comes back for you, the church, the ecclesia. You're part of that. What about overcoming our insecurities? What about overcoming our insecurities? Well, many are struggling with the feelings of inadequacy and insecurity, especially with social media. I mean, you're constantly bombarded with imagery and all these people look perfect. Now people are injecting themselves all over their bodies, making themselves look even better in some cases, not all. Some people look really weird, I have to say. So how does this... uh, Identity in Christ help us overcome these challenges. How does it help us overcome the insecurity? So what about this? Okay, I'm reading a lot of scripture today because I want you to understand it's all over scripture. Identity in Christ is literally all over scripture. And if you get this and you know these, why don't you write these down? Write them down. Because if you understand these scriptures, you're going to know who you are. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Who is that? Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. Who gives us strength? Jesus himself. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says this. It says, this is so good too. It says, uh, but he said to me, my grace, oh my goodness, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. Yep, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Christ's power is resting on you. How do we know that? Well, in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit came. There was a suddenly, and we as new covenant believers, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. That's the spirit of the most high God. I don't want you to doubt yourself. I don't want you to think that you're unable, you're too small, you're not... You're not smart enough. You're not this. Look, you are made fearfully and wonderfully. God didn't, mistake, didn't make any mistakes on you. you got to get that through your thick skull. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude here. But i got to get it through my thick skull too. God took his time to make us. He made us fearfully and wonderfully. And we can do all things through him. we got to get up. we got to be present. we got to get in the game. 
We got to show up. We got to do our part, and then God's going to do his part. He loves you so much. You understand that? It was hard for me to embrace love because I had a really mean-spirited dad. My dad was physically abusive. He was so nasty and rude and disrespectful to my mom and I. And it made my mom and I really close. Now, later in life, he changed a little bit. There was a pastor, thank God, several pastors, but one in particular that got in his face. My dad was a macho Italian. And he would get in his face and, and literally say, dude, you better shape up. You're going to lose your family. You're going to, you know, Lord's going to take your life. You're going to hell unless you get your heart right. You know, I mean, he was, he was bold. This guy was in his face. My dad wasn't a small guy either. And he was kind of scary. But this pastor would get right up in his face and say, you've got, you know, you're macho, you're prideful. And you know what? My dad respected him because he wasn't afraid of him. That's how you had to talk to my dad because my dad was a macho, mean-spirited Italian. And I believe he was demonized at some point. Now, I think that he's come a long way over the years and God has humbled him and he's, he's changed. He's still difficult, but he's changed. And so we're thankful for what the Lord has done and we're thankful for the people that poured into him. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't get a lot of love from my dad. And some of you can understand what, what I'm saying right now. If you didn't get love from one of your parents or both of your parents, that, that often creates a void in our, in our, you know, we want to please people and we want people's approval and we want people's love because we lacked that. And so we're, we're, we don't even realize it, but subconsciously we're looking for people's love. And I, would, I just want somebody who's listening to this today, listen, that's who you are in the flesh, but that's why we're a new creation in Jesus Christ. See, it doesn't matter what happened in your life. I know people that have been raped. I know people that have been um, gang raped. Yeah, somebody on here, you might, you might be one of those people. And listen, I know I don't personally know how painful that is, but I will tell you I've been through other very painful things. And so maybe I can't relate on that level, and that was probably very painful, and I, I can't imagine. But you know what? You're still here, and you're an overcomer in Jesus Christ. And so as, as tragic and awful as whatever that thing that happened to you is, you're still here for a reason. God has spared your life. And a lot of people come and go. I've known so many people over the years that have died. And it's hard when somebody you love dies. They're no longer here. But you got to think about it like this. We're not going to understand everything until we're with the Lord someday and maybe he'll explain it and we'll get it. Because, you know, I like that song. We'll understand it better by and by, right? But instead of trying to figure it out and letting that be the death of us, I'm talking about the spiritual death or, or allowing our life to just spiral out of control because something bad happened. We're still here. And if we embrace the fact that for whatever reason, God spared our life, we're still here. There's a purpose, there's a plan, and you can do all things through Christ Jesus. His love is good. His love is agape. His love is so powerful. And if we embrace his love, that's all we need. Listen to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I mean, seriously, if you're weak, that's it. Your, your, your power is, is in Jesus Christ. It says, it says, look, therefore I will boast about all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That means he's going to fill that void. He's going to heal that hurt. He's going to heal that pain. He wants to do it today. It's no mistake that you're listening to this broadcast right now. You've been molested. You've had a, a former husband that beat you, that cheated on you, made you feel worthless, hit you. I'm telling you, your life is not done. There are so many people that are having challenges right now. We are in a dark world. 
but that's, that's our opportunity to be the light. So we walk in freedom. Our identity in Christ grants us freedom from guilt, from shame, and burden of sin. Let's discover how this freedom empowers us to live victoriously. You want to look at some scriptures? This is scriptures on walking in freedom. It's Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Freedom. What about Galatians 5.1? It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We are no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to our past. We're no longer slaves to what somebody said about us. Who are we? We are who Christ made us to be. We are still here. We're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. Our life is not done. In fact, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I don't care what the news says. Listen, until we're out of here, we stand. We occupy. We defend our faith. I hope this exploration of the scripture that we've just had here and the significance of having your identity anchored in Jesus Christ helps you. Because in a minute here, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And I want you to remember that as we grow in understanding our identity in Christ, we live with purpose. We live with confidence. And we live with freedom. And it impacts the world around us with his love. And it impacts our lives and our family members and our friends and everybody that interacts with us, friends. It is very, very important. I want to read you a poem about freedom in Jesus Christ. Can I do that for the next minute here? I think some of you have been impacted by the Spirit of the Lord that's moving on this broadcast today. So I'm going to read this and I'm going to say a prayer, okay? It goes like this. In the depths of darkness, bound and confined, a soul yearned for freedom, a heart resigned. Lost in the chains of sin's unrelentless hold, a plea arose, a cry untold. Then, like a beacon of light in the night, a Savior came. It was a glimmer of bright light. And in grace and love, his arms stretched wide. He offered freedom, no need to hide. Through blood-stained cross and agony's crest, he paid the price of our soul's unrest. The shackles shattered, the prison door flung by Jesus' sacrifice, redemption sung. No more enslaved to sin's cruel domain. In Christ, a new creation, free from all pain. Through every trial, through every test, in him we find eternal rest. Boundless love and mercy divine, unshackled hearts now brightly shine. With joy abound, our spirits soar. In Christ Jesus' freedom we adore. No longer slaves, but heirs of grace, a chosen people, a holy race. In Christ, our liberty proclaimed, a life transformed, a soul unchained. So let us celebrate with joy and praise the freedom won in infinite ways. In Christ Jesus, we stand secure, his love, our hope, forever pure. Isn't that beautiful? You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. The old has passed away. I don't want you to have the shame of your past, of your childhood, of things that you may have done at some point in your life. Listen, if you're on drugs right now, get off. Today is the day of freedom. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you're an alcoholic, get off. Stop. Stop drinking. Change your life. Listen, I was there at one point. I'm now many, many years, over 25 years sober and in the ministry. God gave me a second chance. I have a beautiful family. 
God has restored what the enemy tried to steal from me. Jesus set me free. I'm no better than you, friend. I want you to be free of the darkness. I want you to be free of the oppression. I want you to be free of the pain. So right now, before we go, I'm going to pray for you. And if you felt the spirit of God moving on your heart today, listen, on my best day of speaking, I can't make you feel anything. What you're feeling is the presence of the God of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that God wants to set you free from the bond of sin and death. So just pray this with me today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you for every person that's listening to this broadcast today. I want to thank you that your word says that you set us free. And when you set us free, we're free indeed. We're no longer a slave to sin. We can do all things in you. And I want to pray for the people that are listening right now that have had a difficult childhood, have had abusive parents, abusive spouses, even kids that are rebellious, that have hurt them so much, and their heart is wounded. And maybe they've even been wounded in the church. Maybe they've, they've felt unworthy. They felt small and insignificant, and they just haven't had the, the unction to even go to church. But today, church has met them because church is not in a building. We are the body. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I pray that every person listening today would get right with you, Lord God. Now, it's not a bad thing to go to church because you say in your word, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. I pray that everybody on here would get planted somewhere. They'd find their tribe and they'd go deeper in you. They'd get into your word because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. That this would be a season where they get fired up for you. They wouldn't be distracted by the latest wind of doctrine. They wouldn't be uh, distracted by who's who or what crowd they need to be a part of. That they would have an encounter with your spirit today. A pure encounter. And that their life would be forever changed. This is the first day of the rest of their life. We've got to understand who we are in you, Lord. I pray there be a fresh revelation on this person right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, meet him today with your agape. Let him feel your presence and your glory in such a mighty way right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you, did you feel the glory in the presence of God today? I really felt the Lord moving on today's broadcast. I just, I just think that the Lord is he's not done. He's not done moving. He's still moving in our in our planet, in our country, in our hearts. And he wants to move more. He wants, to, he wants us to go deeper in him. So listen, if you got something out of today's broadcast, let me know. Drop me a little note, pastortodd.org. Let me know, hey, pastor, that helped me. I want you to know your identity in Jesus Christ. You are an overcomer. Put on the armor of God. Stand up. Rise up. God is raising up a remnant for a time as this. Wherever there's a remnant, it means that God is not done moving. Hallelujah. We bless you, PastorTodd.org, and we'll be back again soon.